Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour. I'm your host, LG Harrell, and joining me, as always, is Connor. Connor, I wanted to wish you a happy belated birthday um, and a congratulations. I don't think I did congratulate you last time, as you are expect you and your uh, girlfriend are expecting, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Absolutely. Thanks so much for the birthday wishes, and yes, we are expecting August 29th. August so 29th. pretty exciting uh, times. Did you put a ring on it yet? <laughs> not yet. Although I, you know, she's really pushing now. So I mean, you're, you're about to, could you happen about very to soon. You guys are about to have a kid. Uh, you might, you might want to think about that. <laughs> agreed, agreed. There's, there's no rush. There's no rush. I know, I know, I know. No, but I'm happy for you, man. It's uh, good to see that your family is expanding and and you're doing well and and everything. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right. So it's been a while. Um, we are living in some crazy times right now. Um, if you ha- if you've been living under a rock, which even living under a rock probably isn't safe right about now, um, the entire world is pretty much going through this coronavirus pandemic. Um, the U.S. is getting hit really hard right now. It's I, I don't know I don't know if the numbers have updated, and, and we don't really want to talk about this, but it's an important part. It's it's affected sports, and I can't remember something that has affected sports like this since 9/11, when the NFL took off for a week, Major League Baseball games took off for about a week like this is a serious thing it's very rare where entire sports leagues the nfl the nhl major league baseball nba soccer um the xfl it's very rare where everything just stops and we are living in that right now um i know you with, with you being up in canada you before we came on you said it's not bad but as you mentioned it wasn't bad in italy when it started it wasn't bad in the u.s it wasn't bad in china like this is something that is going to get much worse before it gets better. And people just have to be smart about it. And I applaud the NBA. I'm going to start with the NBA. Granted, Rudy Gobert was the reason why, but I applaud the NBA for taking that stand of, look, we're canceling. We're going to postpone the season, the NHL pausing the season, and we're going to get this right because the well-being of players, the well-being of fans, the well-being of just people in general are of utmost importance. And that's what we're, we're living through right now. I cannot remember a time when, there have not been sports on TV. And yes, wrestling was on TV with no fans. UFC was on TV yesterday with no fans. But when you're talking about games, you know, whether it be basketball games or major, uh, spring training or NHL, you know, getting close to the playoffs, this is unprecedented times that we're living in right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do have to applaud the NBA as well on their professionalism. And they basically were the first people to get the ball rolling on this. As soon as the NBA pulled the trigger on that, like, I, honestly, I was talking to my girlfriend about just the other night, like, the NBA did it, then schools started following suit. The NHL followed suit. MLB followed suit. The, basically everything. Like, I mean, uh, it was, it's been all over sports talk radio, so, and the sports channel, so, I mean, yeah, we don't want to beat it too much further than, than the, some other people have, but it is something, like you said, that it's unprecedented in in any sport in basically any decade of sport i mean i think the last time it happened was like i think there was some cancellations back during like the cold war era and cold war times mm-hmm. because of the nuclear threat but i mean otherwise there, there's been nothing nothing really like this per se i mean and like you said you've seen wheat like a week here a week there this is we don't even know the time frame. We don't even and, know what we're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, and the biggest thing is, like, so if it's a weather-related thing, if it's snow, you can see snow melting, so you can kind of plan for things getting back to normal. You cannot see a virus. 
You cannot mm-hmm. see what we're going. You don't know where it is. I mean, it could be in the rooms that we're in now. Like you physically cannot see it, smell it, taste it, feel it. like. So that's what makes this even harder. And and the other thing that makes it harder, you have a bunch of people out there that still don't believe in it. They they sit back and they're like, it's being overblown. Let's go out. Like, no, in order for this to be contained, in order for, for us, for the government, for whoever to get their hands on this, to, to, to slow it down, you know, social distancing, you can't be in a, can't be in a crowded bar. Uh, you can't be in a movie theater. You can't be at a sporting event. There's only certain ways for this to become sustained and, and become contained. But when you have people out there that are like, oh, they're be- this is being blown out of proportion. And why did they have to cancel this? And why do you have to cancel that? You got to be smart about it. You know, even if it's not going to affect you, it's going to affect somebody else. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that, that, that's really worrisome is like, there's people that are like, oh, this isn't going to affect me. I'm healthy. I'm this, I'm that. But the person next to you might not be. So you, you got to be, you know, you got to think about other people and think about your, 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 you know, your, your brother and think about your, your human companion, think about your colleagues, think about whoever, you know, Absolutely. we just and- want to be healthy. I mean, we, we don't know who, like, I mean, pregnant people are immune suppressed. Mm-hmm. Older people are immune suppressed. Those types of people are immune suppressed. So obviously, you know, they're, they may be at an immediate threat. Like in Canada, they actually, in the Medicare system in Canada, they actually are telling like nurses and doctors who are pregnant to to go on their maternity leave early to leave because it's not safe for them you can put a mask on but that doesn't necessarily protect you from everything so i mean they're already talking about like people who are immune suppressed or have disorders like that or situations that put them in that type of of bad situation to to leave work and to be off work for an extended period of time and I mean, you speak to the crowds. I mean, I just I was on Twitter before we started air before we went on the air here, and there was a picture of O'Hare International Airport where it's literally mm-hmm. people packed like sardines trying to get out of the country and trying to get home before they completely close off borders, which mm-hmm. has already happened in many European countries. And it's like you're not helping the situation by packing people. The wait for baggage claim is six hours at O'Hare International Airport right now. The wait to the lines to get on flights are two to four hours right now. That's not helping. People are like, this isn't helping the case. You're literally packing people. And there could be tens to hundreds to thousands of people standing side by side with this virus, passing it on. Because they're packed into this airport and they're waiting in lines. And I mean, I've been one of those people who like you see people stockpiling food, you see people stockpiling this and that. You're not helping by standing by being in a by being in in a spot by with hundreds, thousands of people buying food, buying godforsaken toilet paper like you're not helping the case by being in a crowd room. You should continue to live your life the same but with the social distance in, in mind, like me and my girlfriend, we buy food as we need food. So we go out every two or three days. We're not going to go and hoard unless because, again, it, every country who's actually closed off, they have kept open the essential services yep. and they have allowed you to go out and get those things that you need to live. But like 
with everyone going out in hordes of people, you're not helping, like you said. And like the people, there's people celebrating St. Patrick's Day and living their life and partying downtown. Like, like nothing's going on. Like, no, I can't. I can't do that. I, I can't respect people who are doing that. It, it just makes zero sense to be out if you don't have to be out right now. I mean, to to see sports canceled, to see schools closed, to go to those extremes means you should stay inside unless you absolutely have to be out there. If you have to go buy your eggs and your milk, go out, buy your eggs, go out, buy your milk, go buy your toilet paper and get back in your house. I agree. One hundred percent. It's crazy. It's a crazy time. So and, you know, we are we are, you know, the Kelly Green Hour, you know, so we we primarily talk about football and that's going to affect the NFL. Um, free agency was, mm-hmm. is as of right now, as of this very second, you know, two eighteen on a, on a Sunday is supposed to be starting on Wednesday. The chances of that happening, probably slim. I mean, Sean Payton had uh, made a statement. I believe it was yesterday just saying he expects that, that it's going to be pushed back. And, and honestly, it's the right thing to do. You know, teams, well, you know, if you're going to sign a player, you want to bring them in. The player wants to see the facility. He wants to see the city. You got to make sure they feel comfortable around coaches, certain coaches in different aspects of the city. So it'd be smart now as, as a football fan. And it stinks, obviously. And as a sports fan, it stinks because we've been gearing up for this time of year. Free agency open up. Tampering period opening up, you know, Monday at, at noon. And, you know, mm-hmm. but now it, it's all going to be on hold. So. What are the Eagles going to do? Uh, and things that we we had big anticipation coming into this offseason. But now, again, because of this, everything's on hold. Just got to be smart about it. And that's and that's what it's got. It's key. Be smart with whatever you do. You know, stay inside if you have to stay inside. If you, And as you mentioned, if you have to go out, make sure it's for the essentials. Don't go out partying. Don't go out to the bars. You know, don't go out to a movie theater, which pretty much all that stuff's going to be closed around here. You know, in a couple of days anyway, the freaking liquor stores around here are going to be closed on Tuesday. I'm honestly surprised it hasn't happened yet. Like, to be honest, like well, when, you, when you think things, about it, like so non-essential one the, yeah, services, like one, of, one like, of the theaters, one of the movie theaters mm. that I typically go to is closed already. Um, and, and I was looking at their schedule. They don't have anything open until April. So, yeah, but I mean, like, honestly, this this is on Donald Trump. There's people who are siding with Donald Trump and who are thinking, oh, it, it is a hoax or whatever. The, the man actually got tested yesterday and was negative for the coronavirus. It's not a hoax. You're not well, testing yourself so, because you think it's a hoax or because of whatever. Turn, I don't want to turn this into a political show, but I absolutely hate, not. I hate Donald Trump with a passion and I don't like to use the word hate, but I hate him. He, you know, he's still going around shaking people's hands. When all these professionals are coming out, like, don't touch anybody. Six feet mm-hmm. distance. He still goes out, touches everything, shakes people's hands. Like, he is just he, – he doesn't know I, – I, I honestly don't believe that test, though, because it was the same doctor. If I'm not mistaken, the doctor that gave him the test is the same doctor that said this that Trump could live to be 200 years old. Let's be real. This dude is not living to be, like, he's 70-something now, I think. He ain't living to his 80s. He's and he talks about how he's the 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 president the the best in shape president. Hello, did you see Obama? <laughs> Obama could take this school this cat to school. But again, not turning this into a political show. But I agree with what you just said. But like people are going to follow that the Trumpites, the cult that he has following him, will believe everything he says. He could say the sky is green, and they'll be like, you know what? It is green. No. And people, but people are going to follow in their leaders 
footsteps, you know, like when when this type of situation happens, because your country is so politically divided in the way that there's liberals or there's what are you guys, Democrats and Republicans. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we got we got different political parties. We got like five or six. So you got you got so you got the Democrats and you got the Republicans. Like what blows my mind right now, and I I don't want to make this political either. They were voting yesterday on a measure of X amount of dollars to yep. support people who cannot work, who shouldn't be at work, and I, there was actually forty Republicans who voted against it. Now this is not political. Yeah. This is not you can tell by sports. This sports put it aside. This ain't about sports. This ain't about politics. This is about human rights. This is about human health. This is about the safety of the people within your country. And the fact that there are people who are actually voting against policies that are going to help and support the people of their country. I can't fathom it, and I know that I have universal health care up here, so call me crazy that I'm saying this because there are Americans who think we're crazy for having that, but this, I just, the words can't describe it. Like, you should not, this isn't political. I this I love sports, but I'm fine with watching the 2015 March Madness that's being played on repeat right now because this isn't about sports. This is about people. 2015, that's not the one that... Villanova beat North Carolina, right? No, that was 2016. I don't even know, but they have like different games, 2015, 2010. They got a bunch of different March Madness games going on, trying to support, you know, the cause of of not having no no more filling out, no filling out brackets this year. No, but like it just, it's crazy. It's clear in in that country that people are gonna side with the political party that they're that they voted for, and it shows by the Senate, it shows by the House. It shows by states individually and how they're choosing to go to action. And it's crazy. This is about humans. This is about human rights. And this is about human health. Damn, not I couldn't have about said, a political I could, party. I couldn't have said that any better myself. And it's a Canadian saying that. But we, we'll move on from the politics because we beyond the politics and beyond the coronavirus, we are getting 10 more years of NFL football. Yes, we are. Before we before we talk about the CBA, uh, there were a couple moves made today. First, mm-hmm. the Jacksonville Jaguars tra- trading Calais Campbell and re-signing him to a two-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract to uh, our Jacksonville to the Ravens for a fifth-round pick. And then it just came up. Ryan Tannehill has agreed to an extension with, or agreed to a contract with the Tennessee Titans. So they're out of the Tom Brady. Good stakes. on him. Good on him. Um, I never. Thought I they still honestly been the Tom Brady well, sweepstakes. Well, well. Tannehill's going to be better than he was in in Miami, and he, and he was good last year. Obviously, they went to the AFC Championship game. I don't buy him. I'm still not buying Ryan Tannehill. That's just me, but who knows? I, I don't – I think he's a product of the offense that they have, well, and I think it they, is when essential they got down, when they that got they get down Henry. And, yeah, and when they got down in the AFC Championship game, they didn't trust him to throw the football. Like, the the, they, the, the playoff games, didn't he throw the ball like a to- in three playoff games? to throw it a total of like 50 times or something if that like i forget what the number is but like it they was don't almost trust as him. bad as garoppolo yeah they don't trust him throwing the football so depending on what this money is which i'm waiting to see that you know they they gave him i'm, I'm still iffy about that and i know a lot of the you know a lot of his teammates like him you know they again took him to the afc championship game but it wouldn't shock me if they go back to being an eight and 18 yeah, I mean, for, for for me, I think he, yeah, like I say, he's a byproduct of the offense that's around him. And if Derrick Henry gets franchise tagged and chooses to sit out, 
because he thinks he's worth because he knows he's worth more, they're going to be in trouble. Ryan Tannehill's mm-hmm. extension will be worthless if Derrick Henry is not running out of that backfield. Yep, he needs can, him running out of that backfield. Yep, and they now can use the uh, franchise tag. Now let's move to the CBA. You just wrote a piece. Um, what site do you write it for again? I apologize. Sports Talk Philly. There you go. For Sports Talk Philly, um, you, you wrote kind of go in a little bit in depth with the the CBA. Uh, give our listeners kind of so a background on the CBA specifics, and then we can kind of go discuss it a little further in terms of how it will help or hurt the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. So, yeah, well, we can break it down. I broke the article down by what it means for the owners and teams, what it means for the players, and what it means for the fans. So I guess we can break it down in this show like that too, make it a bit more, space it out a bit. But you can find it um, at Sports Talk Philly on Twitter or sportstalkphilly.com. Um, and you can find the piece there. It's called 10 Years of Labor Peace, NFL Collective Bargaining Agreement Passes Player Vote. Um, so the final vote was as almost about as tight as you can possibly get a vote. It's it was 1,000, 1,019 to 959. So it was 51.5 to 48.5% for the player vote, which followed suit to the 17 to 14 NFL Players Association representatives vote as well. It's a very contentious uh, collective bargaining agreement. And personally... For, to get over, I, I'm surprised. I'm honestly a little bit surprised because this is 10 years. This is a long time. You're not just voting for your generation. You're voting for another generation and, of football players after you. Yeah, and they can't extend the season to 18 games until after this CBA is up. So we'll get 17 starting in 2021. But obviously we know that the owners, they want to go to 18 games, but they won't be able to. If I'm not mistaken, they can't extend it to 18 games until well down the towards the end of this um deal absolutely exactly i mean it's it's uh, it's a long deal and they i think there was a there was room to negotiate i think there would have been room to negotiate and get it down to five or six years but i think and you can see by the reaction on twitter of a lot of nfl players there was some fear there was a there was some people who said that they think that there was some fear voting with everything going on with the coronavirus, with everything going on with just the NFL in general and the health of NFL players, people just wanted to get it done to feel secure or like there was more security in it. Um, but let's start with the fans. I guess there's there's two essential features for the fans in this, and both of them I see as a benefit to fans. But I mean, I know you've been one who's been a who's when we've talked, you've been a you seem a little bit against certain aspects of it but we'll get into that quickly first and foremost the owners have the option to expand the regular season from 16 games to 17 games starting as early as 2021 a lot of people say it'll probably be 2022 as quite simply they have no plan for how they're going to do the 17th game as in location how you're going to decide who's going to play that 17th game and handling that home and away game ratio um so that's the first thing. And obviously the preseason will go from four games to three games. Also, secondly, the playoff format will start, will change starting immediately with the 2020 campaign. It will be expanded from six teams to seven teams. And instead of two first round buys, there's only going to be one first round buy. And there's going to be three wildcard games on each side. I can't so, wait for that. Yeah, I can't wait for the playoff format. I don't think anyone's going to argue the playoff format. I know there's a lot of people who are like, well, the second place team doesn't get. 
second place team doesn't get anything anytime. Well, what difference does it make? If you come second place, why do you deserve anything? First place, they deserve that by. And it also means week, whatever it's going to be called now, week 18, week 19, because there's probably going to be two buys now. But when you go to 17 um, games, but, you know, whatever, that last week, if you have the top two teams battling, they're one game apart battling, I mean, and and even if there's um, a distance between the second and third team, like those top two teams won't sit players. You're still battling for that, that buy. So like if, if the Eagles are sitting at number two at, you know, 13 and two or say 12 and three and the Niners are at, 12 and three or 13 and two. But if the Niners lose and the Eagles win and the Eagles get the number one seed, you know, the Eagles aren't going to be sitting people that last sitting guys, sitting Carson Wentz sitting, you know, Booby My- or Miles Sanders and they're sitting guys at the end of the year, they're going to be playing hard to try mm. to get that number one seed. Yeah. I think this just creates so much more value to, to get to that number one seed and to get that extra week off. I mean, it, it's, it, it's a precious week, especially in an uh, extra long season. And to my knowledge, it doesn't look like they're going to give an additional bye week. So it's even all the more important that you get that number one seed, get that week off. Um, but then there's also some who would argue, well, it doesn't help to get that week off. It slows the momentum of a team and stuff. So, I mean, it, you could go on either well, side of it. Well, before, but, before you continue, getting that bye week is important because I think it's been six or seven years since somebody – it's it's the Ravens, I think, were the last team back in 2011, 12, 13, one of those years that made a run that played in the wild card weekend and made a run to the Super Bowl. Like if you have a bye, if you have the, one of the top two seeds, you're almost guaranteed to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, so getting that all important one seed where you get the bye, you know, it, it's definitely going to play key roles in a playoff race. Oh, definitely. It's it's really it's really big. And I think like there are some people who who think that second place in a conference deserves something. Second place in the Super Bowl, the loser of the Super Bowl, they don't get anything. So why would you give second place in a conference something? What what's the added benefit of giving them that buy? I don't personally like it. I'm I, I don't personally like the idea of having the two buys. I like this more, and I think it just creates more meaningful football games. So I mean, I'm definitely not going to complain. And as a fan, like 17 games versus 16, honestly, that's a toss up. I mean, I I could care less. It's more meaningful football, like I said. Instead of watching four preseason games, you only get to watch three preseason games, and you get to watch 17 regular season games. So, I mean, for me, more meaningful football means a happy fan base and or a happy fan, mm-hmm. uh, from from my perspective on it. But I mean, that that doesn't necessarily mean everyone feels the same. And clearly, from the player perspective, there is a ton of outcry about that 17th game. But in a second, when I get into the players, you'll see they're losing a ton of padded time on a practice field. So it, they they kind of kind of leveled it off in that respect. It goes but, from 28 to 16, I think. Yeah, so it's 28 to 16, and I think Dan Orlovsky posted on Twitter. He said it basically. You go from 500 hours of padded practices to. Oh man, I think he said a hundred and something. Like you, or you save five hundred hours of padded practice time mm-hmm. in taking away those twelve padded days, and like you only get the practices can only be I think four hours at the most. You can spend no more than twelve hours a day at their at your performance centers or your practice facilities. So there's a lot of of cutting into to work in time, like that type of work in time, and in addition, in just 
to add that extra game. And really, you're not even adding an extra game unless you were going to be sitting in the preseason, So, mm-hmm. which g- generally will happen. But you're more or less, you're getting a lot, a lot. They're, they're making a lot. They're giving the co- coaches a lot less time for practice and how many straight days you can practice, how many hours a day you can practice, and how many practices in pads. So, I mean, I'm not a football player, so it's tough to say if that's truly an added benefit. But that that's where they see as we're leveling off the whole you play us 17 meaningful football games well, I mean, versus 16. We, we see in the beginning of the year how tackling is really bad because you don't do anything in training camp anymore. Remember mm-hmm. back in the day, I remember Andy Andy Reid's the day days of Andy Reid. They'd have two a days and they're always in, it's hot as you know what at Lehigh and they're out there in pads. But like they were never soft. Players nowadays are I hate to call them soft, but they're kind of soft. Mm. I mean, I mean, you look at J.J. Watt, he's been one of the most outspoken guys, and he's getting ripped on Twitter over being outspoken because they're like, you're just going to play like six games this season anyway, so what difference does it make? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, of course, it is a violent sport, and it's a tough sport, so I, I can see the, the out, public outcry of players, but at the same point, like, you had a chance to influence how close this vote was, you had a chance to influence, your player rep had a chance to influence, and the fact that you couldn't influence enough to get those 60 well, votes or whatever five, you needed. 500, 500 uh, players did not vote. Exactly, and that too, the fact that you, but, but influence, that, that all comes down to influence. There's 500 guys who chose just to straight up not vote. Yeah. And obviously that means so much more now that you know that the vote was only by 60, 60 players. Those 500 players could have definitely made the difference. And, you know, I, I, it'd be interesting to see which play. I, I mean, I, I, it, we won't get to see who voted for what, but kind of like, the, was it the veterans that voted no and the younger guys that voted yes, guys that are like get, pay, get, get paid the minimum, you know, the veterans minimum or whatever, if they voted yes. Because you saw on Twitter there were a lot of vets, um, you know, guys that already made Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers, the, the J.J. Watts, the – Allen Robinson, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, even like um, the Pouncey brothers, they did not, they were not in favor of it. But, but if you think about it for the young guys, you know, guys that are just getting into the league, guys that have only played for a year or two, this is a great deal for them. Oh, definitely. I mean, but I guess like, I guess there's a lot being taken away from the players who aren't playing in the NFL anymore. The people who were like getting some pay and some kind of benefits from the league. So in order to bring up the minimum salary, how much of that is true? I don't know because well, we don't know because we haven't seen the full agreement, nor do I plan on reading the full agreement because, uh, like yeah, 500 pages long. Yeah. It's like 500 pages. They had to make them like a 50 page synopsis. Yeah, before before you continue, one. Ryan Tannehill's deal with the Titans four years, $118 million, 62 million guaranteed. Jesus. There's some money getting paid. But yeah, I guess that. we'll move on since we're talking Ryan Tanner, we might as well move on and talk the players aspect. So I guess mm-hmm. the biggest part for the players, the players are getting 40 percent of league revenue in accordance with the current expiring CBA starting in 2021 to get 48 percent of league revenue. And after the 2021 campaign, there is a renegotiation of the media rights and the television rights mm-hmm. for the NFL. So there is what they call a media kicker in the agreement. 
if the revenues increase by between 60 and 119 percent, then their share goes to 48.5 percent of revenue. I thought it was 48.8. It's 48.8. If you're if the TV revenue surpasses 120 okay, percent okay, over okay. the last agreement, which it so, will because it's NFL and everybody wants to. Oh yeah, because like CBS gave of, Tony Romo 18 mil a year for a reason. They're going to be paying oh, for yeah. the rights. Well, exactly. And I mean, a lot of people are talking about about TV streaming services. Like, it's a whole different ballgame. Now, you're going to have YouTube in there fighting for streaming service rights and stuff. ESPN Plus. There's going to be a lot of people chucking around a lot of dollars for the NFL. So I wouldn't be surprised if it got to the 48.8 that it's supposed to. Um, Also, a big thing was the minimum salaries of players is going up. Uh, They increased all minimum salaries by about 20%. If you go and read my article... Players with less than one year experience get a certain raise. Player players with one to seven years get a certain amount, and players seven plus years experience get a certain amount on that minimum salary. Approximately sixty percent of NFL players work on the minimum salary deal. So there's a lot of players who are probably really happy by this, and that might explain why the vote was so skewed in a specific direction. Because you got more than half the league playing on a minimum salary and getting about a twenty percent price. 20% wage increase. So, and eventually by 2030, even a rookie, like an undrafted rookie taking a minimum deal will be making over $1 million a year. So that's a big thing. It's supposed to go up every single year exponentially. And is starting Ross, in rosters are expanding to 55? Yes. So rosters are expanding from 46 to 48 is on what I... 46 to 48 on game day, but they're... Active rosters going from 53 to 55. Yep, and one of the additional roster spots must, I don't know why, but must be an offensive lineman. So that kind of limits in a way, but that's... I mean, most teams teams have at least one or two offensive linemen extra. One thing that I think the NFL should do, which is what the XFL did, is you don't have to have a third quarterback active, but you can name a third quarterback. And if something happens to your first two, they can go in... You know, like uh, no. so with, with the, when the Eagles had that issue in um in the, the playoff Ward. game against Seattle when Wentz got hurt and McCown tore you know tore his hamstring or whatever, if they had what the XFL had in play, which is you just name a third quarterback, and if something happens to your first two where they can't play, which McCown could play but he really couldn't, um then that third quarterback could go in and like it wouldn't affect anything. Like mm. if you only have two quarterbacks active, you know, that third one he he's not an emergency quarterback. Like you have to bring in something. The Eagles were going to go to Greg Ward like that in the past. They used to have Trey Burton and Jason Avant. Like, mm-hmm. so I think that's something that maybe that they'll implement down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's good to see the rosters increasing. It'll be interesting to see how teams do that. And obviously with the rosters increasing practice squads is growing as well from 10 to 12 and then 12 to 14 by 2022. And of course, just like everybody else, they're getting a salary increase of $3,500 more per week. Um, And they're providing further opportunity for practice squad players as two per week may be elevated to the team's roster and they can be sent back down up to two times without another team having the opportunity to claim them from waivers. So that makes it a little more interesting as well. There might be more use of practice squad players as those additional players. I mean, we and had enough use of that last year. <laughs> well, exactly. I don't think we want to see more use of it. But, I mean, it, there's the added benefit there. You don't risk losing a Greg Ward. How many times did we risk losing a Greg Ward by bringing him up, sending him down, and, and by even putting him on the practice squad in general? We were, we were lucky. 
but some teams were not so lucky. So um, also the players will be played across 34 weeks, 36 weeks once it goes to 18 games instead of getting paid each week of the regular season as they traditionally were. And a humongous step forward, there will no longer be suspensions for positive marijuana testing. And so does, does that mean Josh Gordon cannot be like, isn't he suspended right now? Can they? Can he? He's on an indefinite suspension, so I'm really interested to see yeah. what they do with the people who were punished by the previous CBA because that really changes things. You have a new CBA coming into play, so I'm going to assume that they're going to say, hopefully you got the help you need. If you didn't get the help you need, you should still get that help but you can play NFL football again. Mm -hmm. So, but I think that for, for Josh going, I think it goes beyond marijuana, but they they brought marijuana to the forefront of his issues. And and I think this helps instead of, you know, players taking pills, taking opioids to get like a lot of people could use marijuana as a way to, to free themselves of pain. And it's, Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot safer than going out and pill popping. Oh, exactly. You see the things that they're putting in them on the sidelines and stuff. It's like that that is no better for you. Mm-hmm. It's far from better for you than marijuana. So, I mean, this this is a very positive step forward. And they also had a bunch of restrict like they're not going to test you within the first two weeks of coming back to the to training camp, et cetera, et cetera. They, they increased the threshold for what constitutes positive test. Um, but they did do some changes as far as handling of certain PEDs and DUIs. Uh, most of them just got bigger penalties if you're caught using them or if you're caught with a DUI. Um, and then we talked about the padded practices and the limitations in regards to length of practices and days spent at the training centers. So that more or less highlighted the the player aspect. So I guess you can see how people go both ways, but you can see why the vote may have been skewed for a specific way when you know the stat that 60% of players approximately play on a minimum salary and they're getting a 20% increase on what they're going to make. That's a big thing. And I think that may factor largely into that 1,019 players who voted yes to this agreement in my eyes personally. Um, but there are some big changes. I mean, you see the the lenience on marijuana and the changes to practice squads and the changes to minimum salaries. There's, there's a lot of things to like if you're that backup offensive lineman or something who's not getting paid but who's sitting on the bench making a minimum salary and and just living your best life i suppose mm-hmm. so i mean interesting it should be really interesting to see what what happens for the players and and how this all goes down and transpires um owners and teams obviously they get the added benefit of additional revenue um and getting 52 percent of that additional revenue for the added game um, the NFLPA memo expected that the playoff expansion alone would generate an in, an increase of $150 million in additional revenue, which is crazy to think about. The addition of one game at one game on each side adds that much revenue to the NFL. That's crazy. I mean, crazy. the NFL is the most popular sport in, in America. It kind of it, it doesn't surprise me. It's a ton of dollars. Franchise and transition tags, obviously, they remain, and you may only use one, which is quite obvious. Um, That's going to be Dallas this year, so thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, big time. I love it. Uh, and the contracts will remain not fully guaranteed. Obviously, if you want to get get it fully guaranteed, you got to do the Kirk Cousins experience with the Vikings and get your co- contract fully guaranteed. 
Um, if you want to read the article, there's a rule called the fully funded rule. I kind of discuss that. There's probably there's a good chance that players and agents will demand and receive greater guarantees based on the the uh, facelift that the fully funded rule got. If you want to learn more about it, go read the article. Um, but another added benefit. Now this this is the added benefit that interests me and that uh, that me and you really got to talk about because I read message you about it and when I told you about it, you were like that could benefit us. The veteran salary benefit Mm -hmm. is a new uh, introduction to the salary cap. It allows teams to re-sign up to two of their own players each season who have had four-plus years of service on that team. Basically, what it does is you can exclude up to $1.25 million of each player's base salary from the team's salary cap. Now, is that for a free agent or can it be for somebody that's under contract? It has to be for someone who you have, you're re-signing. So if so, so I'm only asking because Malcolm Jenkins, he's under contract right now. Now we're, if we were to give him another contract, that's an extension. That's not a re-sign. So that's something, is that something we can do for Jenkins this year or only for Jason Peters or Rodney McLeod? Because they're free agents. It sounds like you have to be a free agent okay. or it happens with your extension. Okay. So if you were to do it with Malcolm Jenkins, you couldn't kick it into like next year. next year. But take for so for example, my example in the article is the Eagles re-signed Rodney McLeod to a one-year two million dollar deal. I know probably completely real unrealistic. Unreal. Yeah. But bit. if they choose him to be one of the two veteran salary beneficiaries, then they would only be charged they for would only be, Exactly. So that, and we all know how much Howie absolutely loves to bring back the homegrown talent and the homebred talent. This is just another way for him to circumvent the salary cap, which he's really good at anyway. Exactly. So this just added benefit for for Howie. And like I said, Rodney McLeod's a good example. Jason Peters, if someone's offering Jason Peters $6 million, we can say, all right, we'll pay you 7.25, but we're technically paying you six. So, you know, you could have that added benefit big time, especially year over year with those guys who you're like, ah, we don't want to let them go, but they're going to get paid. Well, this that makes it so you can match that payment and have that extra one point two five million in in space where you pay them, but it doesn't reflect on your salary cap. So that that's basically the, the key core elements of the NFL CBA in a nutshell. Um, and if you want to read more about it, obviously go to sportstalkphilly.com and check out the article. But yeah, let's the, let's, let's talk about. It. Yeah, the, the the one key thing that I, I that I got out of this is 10 years of labor, quote unquote, peace. Because when we had that lockout back in 2011, I think it was, and, and it didn't last long, but it still was a lockout where nothing was happening. Like th- that's something that. Obviously, with what we're going through right now in the world, we would expect it to be – we would expect everything to be getting back to normal by but well before football season starts. But if we get to a point when we're hitting close to when you know camps are supposed to be opening up and then training camp and then the preseason and then the regular season and we're still affected by this, obviously we're, you know, we're going to be in a, a world of you know missing out. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, the fact that we don't have to worry about them going through another CBA negotiation for another 10 years, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it, and I'm, I'm glad. And then, you know, while veteran players or, you know, the, the superstar type players may not agree with what the, you know, agree with the CBA, I think it's a good CBA for, for the players. 
Um, it, and even gives former players a bump up, you know, helping them out a little bit too. So I think all in all, especially with the, the TV rights coming up, you, the players got more money. They got a hell of a lot more money. So I hate when millionaires are fighting with billionaires. It just annoys me because let me get one of those airs. But um, mm. it's good for everybody all around. Yeah, I mean, you think about it like, I mean, just for an example, like they're getting a 1% pre- 1% increase on the stake of revenue that they have. You think about 1% of, call it, I we can assume that the TV contract's going to be a billion or more. Think about 1% of a billion dollars. That's a ton. Isn't that a million dollars? Ton, like, ton of money. Yeah, it, it is. So, like, you can't complain about that. Not at all. No, absolutely you can't complain about that. That That's, I, I think it's a bit more than a million. I think it might be 10 million. But you can't, you, you really yeah, can't complain right, right, about it because right, yeah. year, year over year, it's all about the year over year what you're getting, the extra revenue that you're getting. And all that revenue is going to roll over into the salary, into salary caps. Salary caps going to go up. How much you get paid is going to go up. And it's going to happen year over year. Um. Uh, Field Yates tweeted out the salary cap. It's increased by $10 million plus dollars every single year since 2014. That ain't going to change, and there's a damn good chance that come 2022 when they renegotiate that it's probably going to take a monstrous spike for the first couple years of that TV deal. Yeah, and if you even think about it, back in 2013, I think the salary cap was like $133 million. It's gone up over $60 million in seven years. Mm-hmm. And with this new CBA and with the TV rights that are coming up, like it's going to balloon to well over 210, 215, 220 million dollars within the next handful of years. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to it's going to completely balloon. They also increased the floor that you have to pay, that the teams have to make sure that they pay each year into the cap. So they've done everything to ensure people, more people are getting paid, more people are getting paid, more people are getting paid. And no, it's not going to take away from the Patrick Mahomes mega deal that's coming up. Because when you think about it, when all said and done, like, yeah, the salary of of the minimum salaries have increased, but that's not going to impact the people at the top. The, the people at the top are still going to get, Pat, Patty Mahomes is still going to get 50, well, I don't know, whatever he ends up getting, 45, $50 million a year. He's still going to get it. And that's not going to be impacted. It's just how they're going to work it so that it lands right around the TV deal so that they can front load it, back load it, middle load it. Like now now you can start. Before this, you couldn't consider back loan contracts because you could only have X amount of money moving at each point in a contract. But now that the new deal's done, you can front load the contract, you can middle load the contract, you can back load the contract, you can do whatever you want with the contract. This is Howie Roseman season again. So, I mean... It's crazy. Like, I, I agree. When you watch millionaires fighting with billionaires, like, I'm happy for those minimum salary guys. You know what? Screw the Patrick Mahomes who's getting $50 million. Good for the guy who's protecting him on a minimum salary for getting an extra $100,000 every year from now until, like, 2030. Good mm-hmm. for him. That's what I'm That's what I'm happy for. You know what? At the end of the day, I bet a lot of the people who are against this are the ones making the millions, not the hundreds of thousands. And and that that's disappointing. Honestly, that's disappointing because you know what I get you get we all get it. The owners are getting a shitload of money, understandably. So they pay you, they pay for your stadium, they pay for all this stuff for you. And so it is the expectation, the utmost expectation that they get the majority of the money. It shouldn't be even up for debate. 
So don't be fighting saying I should be making the same as Jerry Jones or I should be making the same as Jeffrey Lloyd because as a player, it's completely unrealistic. I work for Coca-Cola and I do not expect to make the same as the president of Coke Canada Mm -hmm. or the CEO of Coca-Cola Limited. It's Mm -hmm. just that should not be the expectation. It should never be the expectation. But the fact that you're getting more money should be a positive for you. And you're going to be getting more money every single year and more revenue every single year for the next 11 years. I agree with you. Couldn't have said it it any better myself. And, you know, again, this is something that we're going to, you know, we'll be happy. We'll be happy as fans because we don't have to worry about them talking about it again for another 10 years. Um, And and now we can just focus on hopefully soon focus in on offseason activities whether you know when it's free agency which obviously there hasn't been word yet the the nfl pa and all the and the nfl are meeting we're meeting today and they're trying to figure out if they want to keep on course or if they want to push things back just like everything else has been put on hold and pushed back so it'll be interesting to see obviously there are big big things that can happen for the philadelphia eagles this week um, when it comes, uh, if everything stays in line, starting at 12 o'clock Monday, Monday afternoon, um, you get the, five, the Eagles can start handing out contract offers and negotiating with players. Will it, will it be Byron Jones? Will it be Amari Cooper? Will it be Kendall Fuller, Robbie Anderson? You know, will they just not do anything? Obviously as Eagles fans, we want them to make moves. Um, and I think we would be really disappointed if Howie just sat on his hands and didn't do anything because there are plenty of holes on this team. Oh, like I said, man, it is Howie's season. He ain't sitting on his hands. He's probably sitting there. He's probably more excited than most people because he's like, look at this. Look at this fresh slate of salary. Oh, the one thing we didn't talk about, Alshon Jeffrey. They could release him, and it wouldn't cost them – it wouldn't count $26 against the cap. I think it would only Mm -hmm. cost – 16 for a post June. I think it's um, six because now you can push it. You can kick the can down yep. the road. He would count two so years. So it would be 16 the, and then 10. The chances of, of Alshon coming back, which were, were small as it is, probably close to really close to 0% now. And that's a good thing for the Eagles but and, I mean, and the cycle of the quarterback. But let's get this straight. You can kick the can down the road, and we have watched how we do it year over year over year. And some of these deals are biting them in the ass. Alshon Jeffrey, for example. So at the end of the day, if you can get a trade partner, and all you're getting back is a seventh, and you have to give up Jeffrey in a sixth, and the amount that you're kicking down the road is a bit less, I'm still going for it. I agree with I'm you there, but I don't, I don't, I just don't see anybody for trading anything for a receiver that's not going to be able to play until midway through the year. I know that's that's the only thing like, and and he wasn't like, it's not like he has, what does he, he he can get 50, 50 balls, maybe depending on who's throwing him the football. Like he, he, he wasn't a speed receiver. He's more like a tight end now. Like Mm. what what would, why would you trade anything for him at this point? You don't know when he's going to play. And if he is, if he's going to be able to play next year. Exactly. That's the thing. You have to weigh the benefits. Is it better to kick $10 million down the road and take and bite the bullet on $16 million this year? Or is it better to kick, well, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but is it better to kick split in $12 million down the road and, you know, and giving up like a sixth round or fifth round pick just, just for someone to eat that cat's, that salary for you? It, it's 
tough to say. And it, like you said, it's tough to imagine that there's many teams who are willing to do that because they got a fresh slate. They got lots of salary cap. They got tons and tons of things that they can do. Lots to play with now with this new CBA. Why should we take Alshon Jeffrey on? Like you'd have to make a real, real like it's it's super similar to the situation that Nick Foles is in with the Jaguars and f- to the people who are saying bring him back to Philly. Just no. Just, just the no. only way that would like, happen is if if they were going to release him, but I don't see them. I don't see the the Jaguars releasing. It's like it's like thirty two million in dead money if they do it this year or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And they, they'll they, be the they, backup, the Gardner, Gardner, Mitchell, or he'll end up starting a couple games because I don't think Gardner Mitchell is that good anyway. Um, mm. he, so he'll, they're he'll, tanking he'll still be for Trevor. They're tanking for Trevor. <laughs> Trevor Long. It's the new thing. Tanking for Trevor. Yeah, yeah, that worked for Miami when it came to tanking for Tua. Or nobody knew Joe Burrow was going to be as good as he is. Hey, but but so he may Miami may still, still might get lucky. Him, they so. might get the yeah. I was going to say they might still get the tank for Tua, but Trevor Lawrence. I don't think it matters if he gets injured. I don't think it matters if he sits out this year. That man's number one overall pick, and no one's surpassing that. Oh. Well, I mean, the hype around him, the, the, the skill level is absurd. I agree. And you know, speaking of the NFL draft, our next show, we'll do our first-round mock draft, um, and we're going to do it. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to have a bunch of discussion, about, about like a 60 seconds in between each pick or something to, to that matter. Um, you know, We'll go through the entire first round. I mean, I maybe before the, the draft, we'll do a, just like an Eagles seven-round mock draft just to see who we think the Eagles will draft. Um, you know, we did that last year. Um, I don't think we were anywhere near close to being right. But, nope. um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll definitely do that down the road. Obviously, a lot of things um, are up in the air in terms of when's free agency going to start? When is the draft going to still be in, at the end of April? Um, you know, they had big plans in Vegas. Are they going to be able to continue with them? Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's mm. gonna be. Um, uh, it's again, it's the world that we're living in right now, man. It's the world that we're living in right now. The health of people and human rights mean so much more than the NFL right now. Nor did I ever think I'd say that. No, right? but right? it never is thought. so true because never we've never we'd been put like in a circumstance like this where we had to think about other people and put people before us. So I mean, for me, the big thing is don't stockpile. Don't stockpile, man. Share, you got to share the love, spread the love. There's some people, like like you said, there's the 60-year-olds, the 70-year-old people who can't rush out there and fight over toilet paper. So just share the love, man. You don't you don't need 150 rolls of ass wipe. That's his face. You don't. <laughs> Which, my, my thing is, what do people think? The, why do people think the coronavirus is going to give them diarrhea or something? Like, For, what? Before, before, why? Have you seen the article out there? There's a guy who spent who went out and bought 17,000 bottles of Purell. He wiped out like a, a most of the majority oh, yeah, of the Yeah, and he state. tried to sell it on Amazon. And yeah, and Amazon, and Amazon is shut not him down. allowing people to Good. profit. Good on Amazon. Thank Good. you Amazon for that, well, by the way. I'm I'm happy with Amazon for that. I'm I'm disappointed in Amazon on something else cuz they own Whole Foods and they're asking their healthy employees to donate sick time to their sick employees instead of just giving them paid to, paid hey, time hey, off. But hey, Hey, let's look back to the the vote that's going on in your in your uh, your house right now, your your government house. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. vote against that. Yeah, Simple. Don't vote against this. My, my other thing political. is the house. So, again, don't want to make this political as we're finishing up here, but the house approved it and everything. It's ready for the Senate, and the Senate mm-hmm. goes on recess. 
you're we have a global pandemic and you're on recess right now. No, you try to figure this out to try to, you know, get the country and get the world as healthy as possible. But no, they're like, yeah, let's go on recess. We, we have nothing to worry about. It's it's mind boggling. It's frustrating. But again, not political show. We're a football show. Exactly. All right. Um, any final words about the CDA, about anything that's going on? No, I'm just excited. I hope we get some sports back. I know, like I said, we get it. It's, it's about humans. It's about human life. It's about human health. So, I mean, I'm all for it. But, man, I it's been a lonely. Just It's <laughs> only been like four days, and hell, it's know, been right? lonely. <laughs> it's, it, it definitely has the been. WWE, I mean, I've watched WWE and I've watched the UFC, but, man, that's weird. It was so MVP, weird watching. It's, the, it's ghostly watching, watching it those. It was so weird watching SmackDown. You know, without fans. And and Monday Night Raw, Stone Cold Steve Austin, because it's 316 day, he's supposed to be coming back. You know how big of a pop he gets every time he appears? It's going to be so weird. Oh, uh, big time. Like, you can't you can't have beer. You can't throw beer around. It just... It's it's not going to be the same. So, we'll, we'll, and, and again, again, you know, we used to do a wrestling show. WrestleMania is in less than a month. And that's probably going to get pushed back into the summer. So, because with all the, 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 the borders being shut and... You're not allowed to have any flight, domestic or flights internationally. Like a lot of people come from out of country to go to a WrestleMania event, and with mm-hmm. it being in Tampa, you know, Tampa is pretty much like Tampa's waiting on Vince to do the right thing, and Vince is waiting to see if like they're gonna get past this. But well, he keeps no pointing out like he keeps pointing out like well, Tampa hasn't said that hasn't canceled gatherings of X amount of people, so I'm gonna bring my show down there. So I mean, I think they're both waiting on something, but it should be on like. They're waiting on each other to make a move. Yeah, the NBA wasn't the NBA didn't wait on the cities. Exactly. The NBA made their move. So it's only right that, that Vince it's not about money. It's not about money. Just cancel. Just push man. it back to the push it back to June. It's gonna stink because like the storylines are in play and and everything, but just push it back a couple months. You'll still have, sell out the show. People will still watch the show. Just just do it, man. Just do it. You just go gotta do on. what's right. You exactly. gotta do what's right. Uh, you can follow us at Kelly Green Hour on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. That's Connor T-E-N. And follow me on Twitter at LJ Harrell54. That's L J H A R R E L L 54. For Connor, I'm LJ. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour.